Hello and welcome to Tracks. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is your favourite music podcast. Or not. Maybe you like <laughs> this is your third All day. Songs Considered, NPR's flagship music podcast. Maybe you like something else. But you're listening to this now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all here. We might as well have a good time. So we're going to keep our little intro bit short and sweet this week. I've realised, listening to a few of the recent ones, we really can blabber on at this stage, and there's so much blabbering in the rest of it that I feel like it's unnecessary. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's blabber on. See you soon. On the flip side of life. Shall we begin? How's your week been, Harry? My week's been a steadily boring. <laughs> it's been okay. It's just been a week, isn't it? It's been five days out of the seven. Yeah, I was hoping it, I was hoping you were going to say something funny with the steadily thing. <laughs> steadily? No, yeah. I couldn't come up with anything. Well, wasn't. I don't know why this image came in my head, but like, do you remember? Those like big round things that when you're a kid you put like a two p in and it like s- slowly spins round and round and round and eventually falls into the hole. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say like it's been a, this week has been, a, been steadily a steady two p <laughs> rolling into a black pit of going around a weird psychedelic white and black. Yeah, why was that? They're everywhere. Where have they gone? Um, people don't want to give away two p anymore. Yeah. Do you know what they do now? Just a little box. You just put it in. You can see it. Yeah. I want to see my money spin. It's way more fun. It's <laughs> such an encouragement to donate yeah. to charity. You know, when you're a kid and you go to your mum and dad, can I have some money to put in yeah. it? No wonder they were kind of not really wanting to give us money to throw in a bin. <laughs> but yeah. we were just like, yeah, I just want to... Amazing yeah. times. Despite the fact that I now realise uh, this was an impossible competition, me and my older sister used to try and race two peas down there and I realised if you go first, you just win. Yeah. But I'd still be there like, ah, come on! <laughs> maybe, she, behind. maybe she knew. You know the bit when it gets right to the hole and just goes... Yeah. And you can just see a big blur of 2 Oh, it was oh. lovely. If anybody knows of one of these things around, take a picture and tweet it at us. Yeah. Because I don't know if they yeah. exist anymore. And I am going to put it out there. Um, that is quite possibly an only British thing, so our, yeah. our listeners from abroad, Although, I apologise if you don't know what this thing is. It was a... I think it was because of a... Like, cause you know, McDonald's used to have um, like characters or something. Ronald. Yeah. McDonald's. There was like a burglar or something. I don't know anything a about this. Burglar. Okay. Well done. Uh, I think one of them was based on him. So there would be like a big hamburglar, but you put the money in, and okay. I could be completely wrong, but yeah. Maybe the hamburglars from The Simpsons actually. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's on our McDonald's podcast <laughs> coming out on Friday. Sponsored content. <laughs> So, um, how's your week been? It's been alright. I feel like I've finally returned to normality. Yeah. Um, Me too. It was obviously brightened by having two bumper episodes of tracks to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to last week's episodes yet, they are zingers. <laughs> zingers! Yep. Yeah, so go and do that. Do that. Actually, no, listen to this first, <laughs> and then go and listen to those. Yeah. And then download all the rest. Because, to be perfectly honest, I don't really care if you listen, just download. 
That's all that really matters. We like viewing figures. We want to do hashtag numbers. <laughs> so, after a lovely week, yeah. or not, boring week, whatever it's been, have you had a musical highlight? Yes, I have. Okay, um, so this, I think it was last Friday. I don't know where we are and what day the people are listening to this, but anyway, on a Friday in the past, uh, an album came out. By Metronomy. The album's called Summer 08. Which is an annoying title. Do you not like it? It's just a bit confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Why Summer... I'd like to know why Summer 08. Yeah, that's what I mean. It might be in the... Because that's when they were big. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, oh, yeah. That's probably around... I don't know, maybe... No, 08's too early. I think I saw them in like... 2010, maybe. Yeah. The first time I saw them was probably 2010. I feel like I was just 18. And that was when they had... They used to perform in all black, yeah. quite slim-fitting costumes with a big round light on their chest. Wow. Big white. They've had a few different light. stages because of people in their band. I saw them at Reading 2012. Um, and they had like a... I think they brought a new bass player in. And they were really bad because they didn't get a sound check and they were late and like things weren't working it was i was actually quite disappointed because i went to see them instead of somebody else that's annoying uh yeah but people who don't know they're kind of a british electro sort of dancey yeah. punk band but very much a band not yeah. you know no their first i remember it's funny because their first album is there are some great songs on it radio radio is obviously yeah. one that i it's one on, of the first ones I listened to. On the motorway, to, I think. something the yeah, motorway. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Uh, and I think is it Holiday? I don't know if that's in the first album or not. Um, Heartbreaker. 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 I loved. Absolutely love it. So yeah, there's there's a song called Holiday, which is basically there's some great tracks on it and stuff, and there's there's also some that kind of throw you off, and they're they're like not really like the rest of the album and stuff, and yeah, it's a bit of a misma- mishmash of uh, tracks, but they're all. I think they're all really good. The first, I think, the first is very different to the to the rest of them. Um, the English Riviera, I remember only really liking half the album. Not because I didn't think the others were bad, but some just wouldn't stick. Yeah. They're an interesting band because I always think they've kind of come perilously close to becoming really, really popular. Yeah. But always just been a little bit too weird. It's quite crossover it's like if you can tone down the weird guys you might be like a huge huge band but clearly they didn't want to and that's cool yeah well with this new album i think they're they're mixing the new and old really really well it's very it's funky it's it's kind of late night disco-esque it's it's a bit darker it seems to me it's another new lineup isn't it i think so yeah because a lot of it look i i i'm not sure at all but I think he's he's pretty steady, the lead guy. Oh, he yeah, definitely. But I, I, from what I've seen, he's he's definitely like the main thing. Of, I don't know whether he just maybe maybe he just he wrote this and he's got some people on. on Possibly, board after. I don't know. Because I, I, one thing I do know is that the guy from NASCAR Lines was yeah. in Metronomy. I think on the last album. Really? So he's obviously otherwise gone, gone, gone. Uh, yeah, because yeah, NASCAR Lines, their first album came out, I think, like 2013. Yeah. So that makes sense because that was around the end of like their second album. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this one came out. I li- I really like the the artwork, and I do like the Summer Eight feel. They're I always think it's, great. It's for very artwork. American kind of. Uh, Summer Eight. This is the album of. Well, it looks like sixties though. Um, also, I'd completely forgotten. Uh, so this is the fourth album. Uh, Love Letters 2013 was their third, and that is one I can honestly say I didn't really listen to. I think it came into my life when I was into. There was a certain point where I was very focused on acoustic stuff. Yeah, I might have talked about it before. Is that the one with? Um, this isn't Paris. It isn't London. No, no, no. That's the. Is not Hong Kong. That's uh, that second Riviera. album. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I maybe. I... Don't you don't you know? Yeah. That's because um... I liked that, but I I can't really remember Love Letters either. No. I mean it's. I really I don't remember think them getting suits. So I think they got suits at that stage, and maybe that was just a turn maybe. off. For me. I'm Aquarius. I'm Aquarius. Um, that's pretty much the only thing I know from it. So I will go back one day and listen to that. Yep. Um, and I suggest you all do too. But, yeah, the album that's been playing non-stop for me is um, Summer 08. And I'm going to play a little track. Just a little one. How little is it? It's a, it's a second long. Yeah. You can't even see it. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Old School, which, you know, amazingly, it is a very old school song. Mm. It harks back to 08. I see what they've done there. Album, yeah. So let's give that a whirl, and I'll be back after this with Tim's song. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, it feels very much what I want from a Metronomy track. Yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't listened to the album in full, although uh, it was album of the day on Six Music the other day, so you hear a, a track an hour. Yeah. Um, so I think through the day I probably heard most of it then. Um, and it sounds really good. Like I say, it's their sound. Yeah. They're quite unique. You kind of they are. I remember if you're learning bass or Basically, their bass lines are always so sexy, and I love playing them. I, yeah. If I pick up a bass, I always go to one of their bass lines, basically because that's all I can do. Um, you can't not be sexy when you hold a bass, that's what no, you're saying. Exactly. All I can do is just play some <laughs> sexy bass lines. <laughs> um, it just flows out of me. That's something, just listening back to that, is something I remember about first and second album is that I I try to play those bass lines and stuff myself because I just think they're amazing. Also, very twin shadow e, very yeah. tin twin shadowy. You tin know that twin. kind of dark, uh, grungy funk. Yeah, that's uh, twin shadow were great. Twin shadow were, uh, or yeah. something else. Yeah, I, I've only seen them once live. Another uh, band that I a great escape and they were lovely. 
absolutely lovely. I, was that during I, the first album period? It was just after the first album. I remember I'd got the I'd got the first album for Christmas. I'd had a bumper Christmas of CDs. Oh yes. Um and Twin Shadow was in that set and then yeah, went to see them at the following year's Great Escape and they were brilliant. I I think uh I got or Jack got me their second album on CD. Yeah. And um Aren't we so old getting CDs? <laughs> I know. I was never a huge fan of the second, but I think it's because I never gave it all my attention. So what this is doing for people right now is basically go back and listen to these kind of thing. I'm going to go back and listen to these. Um, some the Metronomy album that I haven't heard. Yeah. And some Twin Shadow stuff. Awesome. So um, moving on from my well put together. It will be in words. the edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you got for us this week? So my musical highlight comes with a tinge of regret mm. In, insert uh, everything everything regret, regret. so it was briefly mentioned on the podcast last week that uh, someone we didn't see at Glastonbury was Beck we walked past as he played a FIFA song yeah and I don't know I don't know if I don't even really know what my opinion has ever been of Beck. I know he's like a big name and kind of I think we talked about that as we walked past him. We yeah. were saying, Yeah, he's he's got some good pop songs and Yeah, but like you know, we all know he Loser, a lot, doesn't he? Um and a couple of other kind of old ones. Yeah. Um But I had just never really persevered with him. I'd never really given him a listen. And I just didn't really have an opinion. I'd never hear a full-length album from him. No. Um, but the song which is my highlight is his latest single, which I absolutely love. I've, it's, I've been listening to it so much this week and uh, motivated by seeing that little bit of Glastonbury and listening to this song. I've gone back and listened to a few of his old albums as well. I've kind of been making my way through his discography because he's got about 10 albums now. His yeah. first one came out in 1994. Um, Blimey. So, and he's absolutely brilliant. And it is big, now I'm absolutely annoyed at myself for not going to see him at Glastonbury. I think it would have been brilliant. And we weren't even really seeing anything at that point. We were just walking around. Yeah, waiting in line for Chinese food. Yeah. So that feels like a regretful mistake. But mm. the song I'm going to play, I don't know if you've heard it, Wow. I'm not quite sure. The name rings a bell, but... It's interesting because it's like, it's just not what I thought Beck was. And listening to his albums, I can see that, he, like you said, he's very varied. He's got all these different kind of influences and styles in his stuff. But I'll play this in a second, and then we'll respond to it afterwards. And I think you will be surprised by what it is. Wow, Beck. Jules of the 
I didn't even mean to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, as soon as you played that, and after my face of shock, uh, the electric panpipes was your yeah. first comment. <laughs> electric panpipes, what's he doing? Um, every time I ever hear a song from him, he likes to test the boundaries of what what kind of what to go into next, doesn't he? Everything's yeah. just different. Every song I ever hear from him. He got like an electro pop song, and then he'll do some kind of R and B based thing, and like, yeah, he's a weird guy, isn't he? Good, yeah, a good weird. But how cool is that to be able to? And it's one of the great things listening through, like, uh, sort of dipping in and out of his discography from like '94, and then going into <laughs> sort of 2003. Like, you kind of you think, oh god, he does all this weird stuff, but it's like <laughs> it's all good. Like, it's a good version of everything that he does. Yeah. It's not like, um, you know, like the Rolling Stones bringing out a rap track and it just being no. the worst thing ever. Like, he just pulls it off. That's like a, like a dirty, scuzzy. I don't know though R and B if they're really track. good songs, because when I hear the FIFA song, and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it. Dreams. Dreams. Um, when I listen back to that, I think, yeah, this is. This is uh, fun and that, but it's not a it's not a great song. I liked oh, it a lot more live. He uses lots of those themes, isn't it? Of just kind of it's a little. It seems a little bit simplistic and stuff. And yeah, so I don't know whether he's. I mean, the, he definitely brings out a song and it works. Whether it's a great song or not, I do not know. But maybe that's why a lot of people that I, I know dreamed, aren't yeah. big Beck fans because he does skip from something. I know Orpen so is. Is he? Will Orpen, uh, singer, guitarist of Buddha Blood, yeah. for listeners. Uh, he's a Beck fan. I remember once that makes telling sense, him after I... a gig, he sounded like Beck and he was made up. <laughs> he was absolutely chuffed with that feedback. Yeah. Um, he likes experimenting with sounds and things, I think, so yeah. that makes sense that he'd be a fan. But I just love that track. And it's, you know, maybe a Beck aficionado would... Uh, not be surprised by that. Yeah. But I was totally surprised by it. And I've been hooked on it all week, so that is very much my highlight. So that was our highlights. Yeah. Good highlights, I think. Yeah. Now we're going to do like a little pretend that we're going somewhere, but actually we're <laughs> going to be right here. Cue the music. We'll see you in 15 seconds. And we'll be back. We're back. <laughs> Hello. Fancy seeing you here. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Fancy seeing anyone listening. We've got a second half of a podcast for you. And things are about to get serious. Things got real. Things are getting real. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit nervous about this because we are potentially diving into a more serious subject matter than we normally do. We are. Am I right? You're right. You're not wrong. I said, is he right? He's not wrong. <laughs> there you go. I'm keeping it light. <laughs> so, release day of this episode, 12th of July, mm-hmm. is a big day in some ways. 
You know how every day is like national something, world something? Yeah. Oh, it's National Peanut Butter Day. <laughs> oh, brilliant. It's national put a pigeon on your head day. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-stop and it annoys me. And it also annoys me that, uh, sorry to call you out on this, but Steve Lamack, oh. BBC Six Music presenter. He's going to be annoyed. Uh, he has a feature on his program called National Anthem where he'll do like a story from the day and then people have to pick a song for it. It is without doubt the most tedious feature there has ever been on radio. Really? And he'll say like, partly because every like 10 minutes he has to retell this rubbish story. So it's like, oh, a woman tripped over a pigeon and he'll retell it like every... Keeping with the pigeon (laughs) thing. I don't know, my mind just went blank. (laughs) But he'll retell it like every 10 to 15 minutes and try and make it sound funny again. It's just like, oh, Steve. That's sometimes why I'm turned off of radio because I don't want to hear repeats of things. He's got great music taste, Steve Lamont. He he plays good records. He gets good guests. Why cheapen it with tacky Succumbing to radio pressures, I guess. Even the best. I have to deal with them. I like it in the uh, in Marin where he um, has an interview on radio and they're making fun of him doing a podcast and not being on radio. And he's like, why are you always saying the time? <laughs> it's 3.36 and... <laughs> it's like, everyone's got a phone! <laughs> anyway, back to the point. Today, release day, the 12th of July, is Malala Day. Yep. Which, for people who don't know... Uh, Malala is a activist from Pakistan. She's 18. Is I think the youngest oh, yeah. ever Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah. Um, she campaigns for peace. She campaigns for uh, equal rights to education for women in the Middle East. She's an incredible young woman, uh, an inspiration, and we are. <laughs> Completely ill-equipped to pay tribute to um, a woman and a day of such profound importance and significance. So essentially she was a uh, a child activist and advocate for girls' education and um, she came to the attention of the Taliban and they issued a like a death warrant on her essentially, um, mm. resulting in her being shot in the head three times by the Taliban survived miraculously I can't even believe that yeah literally incredible Um, but not only survived and uh, well not only survived but survived and only preached peace even in the conflicts with the Taliban she still didn't say let's just go and wipe them off the face of the earth it was about you know, finding a solution which was uh, accessible for everyone. An amazing woman, mm. I'd say. An inspiration. Uh, but Malala Day, I think, stands for peace and acceptance and trying to move forward and trying to build a world which is better for everyone. So, a day, In a day and age where that seems like an impossible feat. Exactly. So with... With that, and also with so much absolute bollocks going on in the world. You know, it's like you, we can't even name one thing because there's just too many 
it's a traumatic time to be alive and to yeah. be young. Um, you know, for us as Brits, we are very preoccupied with the absolute disaster that is Brexit. Uh, you know, in America, you've got the Dallas shootings that took place this week, um, and just the regular shootings of young black men yeah. across the country. You know, you've got war in Syria, you've got refugees fleeing the Middle East, you've got all these Terrorist things. Terrorist attacks in too many places. Everywhere. It's an absolute nightmare. We're not going to sit here and try and give like some big political... Well, we actually insight. have a fix. <laughs> yeah. But I think we joke, mm. but I think music is potentially a very powerful vehicle for... Uh, protest and for change and for peace and it has been historically yeah and that is what this the remainder of this episode is going to be about some songs that we like that preach a message of peace and change and freedom freedom uh so yeah that real stuttering start <laughs> because in case you can't tell I feel like the water is up to my eyebrows. I'm that out of my depth. Well, let's just proceed onto more. Not really knowing what we're talking about. <laughs> Basically, uh, salute to Malala. We love and respect Malala Day, and we're going to play some songs. Yeah. Right? Music is our thing. Yeah. We'll stick to that. We're music guys! And even that, we don't really know that much about. <laughs> <laughs> so please go ahead. With your number one pick, or your first pick. Yeah, I'm not doing it in like a ranking. No. It's two, no. Um, Possibly. So I'm going to carry on on the theme of regret of Glastonbury Acts, because I just can't stop thinking about Glastonbury, evidently. Yeah. It's just Glastonbury playing part three, on is my this? mind. Um, yeah. But someone who we didn't see was Billy Bragg. Yeah. Um, we walked past... When he was yeah. just finishing, and you his, were like, oh, very last, no, I wanted to see him. His very last song, we had we had just watched, I can't even remember who it was, but it was someone we were all so desperate to see. From the main stage. I think it might have been Tame Impala. Yeah. Or Foles. No, it was Foles. We just watched Foles, so. Yeah. As much as I would have loved to have seen Billy Bragg, and it would have been a great time to see him. Um, what are you going to do? <laughs> My number. I mean, come on. <laughs> But I suppose we've got, you know, now we've reached a certain level. We've got quite a lot of international listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Shut up. <laughs> we, no, 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 we do. we do. I get excited every time a new country comes up. As I tweeted on uh, the 4th of July. Did you see that tweet? Yeah. Yeah. Happy 4th of July to all our American listeners. You're all Harry's favourites. Because... <laughs> oh my God, we just got Kentucky. Oh if... my God, we just got Ohio. We did get Kentucky. Kentucky. Of course we have. We've had Kentucky for ages. Oh, of course you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, every time we go through the numbers, despite the fact that the vast majority of our hashtag numbers come from the UK, yeah. you love to focus on, uh, especially the States. France, Australia, Norway. France, I'm, I'm on a French thing at the moment. So. We had India. My point was... Uh, maybe Billy Bragg's very famous here, but yeah. I don't know if he's so famous around the world. So he's a, uh, specifically in the 80s, we had a minor strike in England and there was kind of big social unrest amongst the working class as Thatcherite Britain uh, 
ravaged our economy and way of life. Anyway, Billy Bragg is essentially a folk artist, and I think folk music has kind of been traditionally uh, the the kind of voice of the working man, yeah. I suppose. And you get a lot of kind of uh, protest songs and peace songs and that kind of thing through folk music. So obviously, you know, if I was going to pick an obvious folk artist to put in this section of this particular episode, someone like Bob Dylan would fit right in. Um, but I'm British and I love Billy Bragg. He's a, he's a bit of a hero because I'm a big old lefty and mm-hmm. and so is he. So um, I'm going to play a Billy Bragg song that I really love called Between the Walls. I was a miner I was a docker I was a railwayman between the walls I raised a family in time of austerity with sweat at the boundary between the walls I paid the union and as times got harder I looked to the government to help the working man but they brought prosperity down at the armory as you rightly point out, Harry, very folk. Um, I love the minimalism of that track. Yeah. I think it makes it really kind of poignant and um, moving and emotive. Um, um, so obviously lyrically, it's you know about the struggle of the working classes and um, I like that there's kind of a, a lack of animosity. It's not a angry some you know it's uh, just addressing issues and it's great and Billy Bragg's a legend and a hero I've been lucky enough to see him a few times before I see you have seen him I've seen him a few times yeah okay yeah legend folk music legend British legend and (laughs) if anyone gets a chance to go and see him do we need people like that at the moment thanks Tim you're welcome (laughs) Harry Um, right. You make it sound like we're in, like, different studios, despite the fact that I'm literally two foot away from you. Um, so yeah, the, this song is called For What It's Worth, and it's by Buffalo Springfield. An absolute classic of the genre. Of the genre. Uh, written by the guitarist Stephen Stills. Um, now this song... As you said to me, because I am unprepared, and you actually came up with this song, Tim. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, you told Starting me to wonder what away. use you serve here, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I piece it all together at the end. Uh, so you said, and I'm sure you'll admit to this. Oh, this is about the Vietnam War. I th- yeah, I thought it was a war song, yeah. an anti-war song. Um, and apparently, that's a very common misconception. This is actually. And I'm going to read a little Sutton Sutton here. Um, this song was not about anti-war gatherings, but rather youth gatherings protesting anti-loitering laws and the closing of the West Hollywood nightclub Pandora's Box. Don't you just love that, like, maybe it's like an idealised view of the past, but these days, I remember there's a shopping centre in Brighton called Churchill Square, Yeah. and for a while they didn't want uh, young people kind of 
congregating around the outside of it. So they got these speakers that played um, like high-pitched noises the whole time that young people could hear, but adults couldn't to kind of disperse young people. That's ridiculous. That sounds ridiculous. But that's essentially an anti-loitering law, and the response of young people in England was to kick the windows in in Borders bookshop instead of making a lovely song like this. What a better world it is where your response to anti-loitering laws is there's something happening here. (laughs) Well, I think the actual response at the time was the LAPD turning up and with battle shields and helmets and for what's... I don't think it was a riot to begin with. No, it turned into a riot. It turned into one. Ignore everything I just said. Because of them. Well, no... I guess I yeah. choose to just remember <laughs> that only a song was made. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's what to take from it, isn't it? Is that, that song was made and yeah, <laughs> great. I mean, that song was made. That's a fact. I still think, I, yeah, I still think there is a difference. Like that still never. You happens, don't. You don't it? hear the the young working class necessarily in England making such kind of. No, and that subtle is subtle and nuanced music. A little bit kind of, thing. of a problem because but I suppose it's just we are, mu- it is just something we're getting less and less of. Yeah. I suppose it's just the music of the time though. Popular like, music anyway. In terms of um you know, maybe in 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 England the the youth music of today is kind of grime and things like that, which I'm not uh, particularly plugged into. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not to our shame <laughs> probably but maybe it was just that like uh, sort of psychedelic rock folk music was just the young person music at that time yeah I, I mean I think like that's it. certainly the case especially with the era yeah. that it was in yeah Um. and kind of where it's in California isn't it so yeah. I mean now if there's the riots going on in London you're going to get grime artists picking yeah, it up yeah it's like it's like um you know, again, California, a few uh, decades later, you had the Dead Kennedys, who were um, punk. You mm. know, that was their response to what was going on around them. You know, California Uberellas and that stuff. I... So I guess it is just the music of the time. And yeah. now it just seems a bit more quaint, the musical response. and It seems really bad to bring it up, because I can't remember what the artist is, but as soon as the London... Do you remember the London um, riots? Yeah. I mean, really weird time. There was a song that came out by a, Ill Manners. I I don't I wasn't talking about that one, but if that was, then okay, you can move on from there. Then um, I remember I I can't remember if it was Blur or at least Damon Albarn or someone. It'll be Damon Albarn putting his oar in, sticking yeah. his oar in. Um, and he did it. Yeah, whoever it was did a song about that, and I was um, it was really really quickly after it as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I was that's just quite surprised because I yeah. hadn't really heard anyone do anything that recent about something that just happened. Yeah, there was that Plan B one, wasn't there? It was like, "Oi, what are you looking at, you little rich boy?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which done justice. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't quite so nuanced. Although, even now, uh, I don't know if you are a particularly a fan of Kate Tempest, um, mm, but yeah. she had a song this year called "Europe Is Lost," which. Um, 
I haven't listened to since Brexit actually, but it's probably even more. Um. <laughs> I think the best thing to do here is listen to the song and uh, see what you guys think. I mean, you'll know it. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Everybody knows it. Like I say, it's a classic of the genre. I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. There's battle lines being drawn. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance From behind Time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Whoa, where are we? <laughs> I don't know, I've got motion sickness though That was... <laughs> Terrifying. One minute I was listening to a song, the next I'm... Haven't put my phone on silent. <laughs> um, so we've moved. We've moved. We're back in the studio again. 30 seconds it took us to get down here yeah. while the song played. Quite impressive. We've made a good time. Yeah. We've also gone forward hours and hours. So a day. Nearly a full day. Um, but that is just the logistics of us trying to record, so... Um... Uh, we're in the office. And we're going to carry on from here. Because sometimes things happen. Exactly. Life happens, you know Life. what I mean? Stuff happens. So let's get on with it. Yep. As I believe I said earlier. Yes. But I can't really remember because it was ages ago now. <laughs> um, folk music is kind of the obvious style of music to go for in this particular subject area. Mm-hmm. But I figured... Uh, Let's mix it up. Let's emphasise the fact that this kind of music can come from anywhere and anyone. Yeah, so I've picked a kind of psychedelic rock song, mm-hmm. which is by The Flaming Lips. Lovely. Do you know The Flaming Lips? I do. Good band. I always thought they were really old. I don't know why. I think it's just that name. Is The Flaming Lips the one? It overtakes me. do 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 do, do, do. Is that T-Rex? No, it's not T-Rex. We'll never know. But uh, um, I don't know that I know that song. It was on an advert where there was a really, really cool dance. Okay. You're going to have to find that out now, because just because that song I'm intrigued by. It's a very good song. It is indeed that song. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, but that's not the one I've gone for. Okay. The one I've gone for is the W A N D with like dots in between each letter. Wand. Yeah. It means the will always negates defeat. And it's kind of, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a million miles away from that first track I picked in that, uh, obviously, 
the lyrics in Billy Bragg's song were kind of right up front and therefore the message was kind of uh, clear. Whereas in this track, it's a bit more hidden. The vocals kind of blend into a big instrumental and um, but there's still kind of powerful protest piece kind of uh, lyrics in there. It's a great track and um, yeah, I really love it. Let's have a little listen. say uh, i think what's cool about it is that you don't you said yourself what's it about like you kind of just like it as a song yeah. and you don't realize there's kind of political lyrics in there so yeah. the second verse in particular is quite poignant it's uh they've got their weapons to solve all their questions they don't know what it's for why can't they see it's not power just greed to just want more and more and it carries on so it's about the kind of current political system and uh, going warmongers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Bloody yeah. warmongers. Yeah, Blair. Um, <laughs> uh, and what have you got for us? Oh, that's oh. funny you should say that to because I do have a song do coming up. Yeah. It's almost like you knew we were going to do this. I oh, know. The format is known to me. Uh, okay. So when you told me the topic of this week's episode... Um, I did my research and I actually picked five or six tracks in the end, but this one was one that I came up with very recently. And I'm not a huge fan of the song, or not that oh, I don't like it. I, it well, no, I like the song, but I don't listen to it much. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm okay. I'm not a big Michael Jackson fan. Okay, but I don't hate the guy. I like some songs of his. Of his. <laughs> We've discussed this on the podcast before. Yeah, we have, we have. Um, you, you said you don't mind his uh, personal life antics. You just <laughs> do not like his music. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I've chosen, and people will know now what I'm going to choose, and it's Earth Song. I'm not even going to try. Basically, this culminates exactly what we're talking about. This song, and I've got a little quote here from him, because my thought process was this. I thought, oh, hang on a minute. We're talking about, like, peace and the awareness of that we love this planet and we think it could be better than it is in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, this song is about that. It's exactly about that. So here is Michael Jackson saying why he wrote that song. Do the voice. I remember writing Earth That's song. rubbish. That's, uh, I can't remember what he sounds like. That's, um, That's Ira Glass. <laughs> so, I remember writing Earth Song when I was in Austria. I'm going to do Ira Glass's voice in this because I can't do Michael Jackson's. I remember writing Earth Song 
when I was in Austria in a hotel. Somehow. <laughs> and I was feeling so much pain and so much suffering at the plight of the planet Earth. And for me, this is Earth's song. Because I think nature is trying so hard to compensate for man's mismanagement of the Earth. And with the ecological unbalance going on and a lot of the problems in the environment. I think Earth feels the pain. And she has wounds. And it's about some of the joys of the planet as well. <laughs> Can't get this up for so long. This is a really long quote. Keep going. This is my chance to pretty much let people hear the voice of the planet. And this is Earth's song. And that's what inspired it. What about sunrise? What about rain? What about all the things that you said we were to gain? What about killing fields? Is there a time? What about all the things that you said was yours and mine? Did you ever stop to notice all the blood we shed before? Did you ever stop this notice? This crying earth, this weeping He was a very emotional man, wasn't he, Michael Jackson? I think so. I think he um, might have been a bit of a damage to him. Yeah, there, there's something that about out, him that was a little damaged. But you not cannot say <laughs> that. <laughs> you cannot say that he wasn't an absolute genius when it came to writing music. And he, he thought there was a message to deliver about the fact that there was so much going on at the time that is bad, and he wanted people to just hold on to something which was positive. And that is that we live miraculously on an incredible sphere See. with so much going on and yeah. it, just looking outside the brick the brick building next to the huge plant you know man in a way has made a mess of this place but there are positives to take from it and we just have to be glad that we are here yeah. and forget about all the not forget about... No, I think we need to address it. It's about uh, realising that we're surely not like... It's it's basically about the Earth can't just take a beating from us. We can't just next... keep pounding it down until there's nothing left anymore. And that's what we're doing. This place is, is so downtrodden. Yeah. And it's hard to really look at the positive sometimes because of what's going on just switching on as we were the news I mean I know the news tends to be negative sometimes obviously yeah uh, but a lot of bad stuff goes on every single day there's always somebody that's died a tragic way and it was a, they've t- been taken too early and there's always terrible terrible things happening um, and this song kind of brings to light some of the positives and it's and it's such a huge song as well yeah I mean, just like you, when you, when I said the name of the song, you wanted to break out. Yeah, I wanted to <laughs> put my arms out tied to two trees, a wind machine in my face, and just wail. Yeah, just wail. While my shirt just flaps open. Whales are great. Yeah. I mean, we don't talk about whales enough. No. What about us? What about us? And sorry for butchering Ira Grass, glasses and American people's voices earlier. Ira Grass. <laughs> Ira Grass. <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. Of course you did. Bit of Michael. 
It's nice to hear a bit of Michael. He's one of those, he's kind of um he's one of those guys that uh I think since being dead for a while mm. doesn't get as much airplay. Mm. Other other dead celebs have uh, overtaken him in the tribute record mm. stakes. Certainly this year anyway. But there was an MJ film. The one that But I think it was a while ago. This is it. Yeah, the I one with so. like rehearsals from his potential final tour. I've not seen it. It was alright. I had a t shirt of it for quite a while. Really? I liked it. It was really cheesy. Really? Yeah. There you go. A little <laughs> insight into my uh wardrobe of five years ago. Yeah. Um so as I have said, I'm gonna try and move through genres. Uh and I'm gonna come to hip hop for my final selection. And as is sometimes my want, I'm going to uh read what someone else has said about a song because they've put it much better than I possibly could. Yeah. Uh so my selection is Alright by Kendrick Lamar. And this thing I'm gonna read comes from a Guardian article called When Rap Raged Against Racism. And basically it's talking about a load of kind of hip hop and rap that uh protest songs from 2015 and then it comes to alright it says it was however alright that set the agenda this year it was the protest song for a generation of people tired of not being heard alright is a force unto itself racked with pain and emotion and euphoria its hopefulness and threat to the establishment is what makes it so thrilling when heard out of car windows and in DJ sets its powerful message assures that while the majority of black contributions didn't make the history books, Lamar's hopefully will. Uh, for many of these artists, music was the only way that they could process the pain of 2015, and as a result, it was the year when one of the greatest protest anthems was born. It's not the critics who have the last word, however, but the stories of victims who have inspired the music. As the crowds chanted, we gonna be alright, we gonna be alright, at the Cleveland Black Lives Matter conference in July, you wonder how much it's going to take before this generation really believes it. Yeah, pretty uh, profound words that I definitely this was, couldn't have. This was maybe a year ago. Now, yeah, this album, right? Uh, yeah, um, twenty fifteen. This that article's about. So and things were, you know, obviously within the current situation of things, just yeah. things coming to light again. Yeah, it's a bit of a. Bit of a I think it's never ending, circle, really, but it, yeah. it just kind of it peaks every now and then, doesn't it? Sadly, but. And, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter is uh, one of the defining movements of our generation. Obviously, we're sort of looking on at it from the other side of the pond, but mm. it still feels kind there of... There was a march in London, I think. Yeah, but we're, I think we're fortunate that that particular uh, issue of endemic racism within a police force, I think there's some of it in England, but not quite to the level... Obviously, the guns aren't as prevalent here, so yeah. we don't have some of the same issues. That's something I, I, I don't really want to get into it too much, but... Yeah. I th- yeah, I think we should just leave it as, as English people, we find the whole gun debate a bit confusing. Man, I find it insane. Yeah. 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 I think just, just, get, just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, I remember the first time I saw the video of the... Uh, the conference where you've got thousands of people singing we're gonna be all right and it really is powerful and amazing and i think um 
yeah, it's nice to see a really modern song by one of one of my favourite artists around at the moment, and I think one of the most important artists around at the moment, uh, have such a big social impact. Mm. And I think it would be remiss of us to not include it in this episode. So yeah. this is Kendrick Lamar. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I'll be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. And I tell my mama I love her, but this is what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've got. A great song from a great artist from a great album. Yeah. A great world. Bit of a genius, that bloke. He is. Um, now, earlier, you mentioned that folk music was kind of... It played a big part in kind of sending a message of the kind of everyday man yep. kind of thing. And it's it would be wrong if we didn't use an example of this man in a podcast like this. Yeah, pause for a second, imagine who it's going to be. Yep, you're right. Yep. And that's, thank you for listening to the part of the show. <laughs> um, it is, of course, Bob Dylan. Bob Geldof. No, not at all. Um, so, obviously, a man who is one of the greatest storytellers of Earth's time. Yeah. Especially in music and in general. Um, it was actually quite hard for me to just pick a song and go with it. There's obviously a few. So, I did, in the end, choose a song. And I knew I was going to go down Bob Dylan's route. But Ooh, I was, uh, <laughs> um, I was, I got a bus to the studio today. Did you? I did, and I was listening to through a few of his songs, and I decided to choose the times they are a changing. Yes. The reason why is because because it's a classic. I think I in in doing research for this episode i uh i found a rolling stone article with the 10 greatest uh protest songs of all time and this was number one yeah because it came around at a time it was a uh, like he says himself and i'll read the quote as well it was an, an anthem for young people yeah was it and... around the time of the vietnam war i seem to just be saying that about everything but i think <laughs> this actually was all songs are about the vietnam war yeah um you weren't there, man. An anthem for the frustrated youth. Uh, so here's his quote. And you'll realise why it became that, because it, that was what it was meant to be. So Dylan himself wrote, I wanted to write a big song, some kind of theme song with short, concise verses that piled up on each other in a hypnotic way. This is definitely a song with purpose. I knew exactly what I wanted to say and who I wanted to say it to. And I think a few months later, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And uh, apparently he was confused whether he should keep it in his set. Okay. Because when people were cheering and clapping at the end of the song, he wasn't sure that they really understood the song. 
and what it was about because right. it could be construed as kind of what's more prevalent in the news at the time and stuff um, even though it was, I think it was just the month before it came out right. like he knew he was going to get assassinated or something yeah. um, so his was yeah it was an anthem for the frustrated youth of the time and um, yeah. that is what we're talking about songs that are made to kind of give hope to people yeah exactly and you know like like we were saying about Kendrick, that has become an anthem for this generation of frustrated mm. youth. It's been something that's important to make. I think for... it's ballsy as well. Like it, you, You're saying that... You're kind of saying to yourself, I have the power yeah. to write something. Like People take me seriously, so let's use that for the best that I can. It's ballsy to step up to the plate because, yeah. you know, we can all... Um, I think it's like anything... Uh, you know, politically motivated. We can all sit back and think what we'd like things to be like, or we can all sit here. You know, musicians can sit here and think, "Oh, this generation needs an anthem." Not everyone thinks, mm, "Yeah, I'm going to step up and do it." Yeah, I'm going to be the one who uh, puts their head above the parapet, and because you have to understand the message you're trying to yeah. portray as well, you have to really believe it. You can't just make something because you feel like it's the right thing to do or something. And it's often the case that a song is made not with the intention of doing something and it's picked up because it's just people relate to it so well. And then it becomes an anthem of a certain time or period. Yeah. And Bob Dylan did that throughout his career. He still kind of is. Uh, I think it's one of... Uh... One of the really amazing things about Bob Dylan's catalogue. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, The Smiths, one of my obviously favourite bands. Um, in that every generation who discovers The Smiths, it kind of, the lyrical content still speaks to what it is like to be a young mm. man. I mean, the a, times... a young person. And I think Bob Dylan also there's a, there's sort of a timelessness to it it's like, yeah because the time still, the time is different when when a new generation listens to it yeah but it still hits the same notes with yeah. young people and i think that is a real testament to the quality of the song writing the the times they are a changing they are a changing but they're the, always the, the a changing somehow seem to be seem to just stay the same throughout different years and just keep going on so um the best thing to do i guess is to listen to a bit of bob and uh appreciate your psych up and joy. Here we go. And admit that the waters around you have grown and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone. And if your breath to you is worth saving, then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone for the time. They are a-changin' Come writers and critics Who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes So what a lovely selection of music. I hope uh, we've managed to do some justice to what is quite a serious... Um, There'll be a subject now, won't there? Matter. Yeah, maybe we've we started something. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I hope we've done it justice. I, you might have noticed from previous episodes that we prefer to just uh, 
be stupid and sometimes you can't really be stupid and this felt like we had to be a bit more serious yeah. i think... had to rein it in a little yeah i don't know if we've pulled it off <laughs> i hope so if we haven't don't let us know because i'll cry um but we're gonna leave it with uh, oh. <laughs> with kick boom. uh we're gonna leave it with a funny song yeah. it's still in the right subject matter subject area um but as regular listeners will know if a song makes me laugh then it ticks many a box for me it's just one box isn't it? <laughs> yeah. did i laugh yes i love it yeah exactly <laughs> jarvis cocker is a bit of a legend obviously uh formerly the lead singer of pulp um and one of the biggest characters in british popular music of the last 20 years and he did a song called running the world a couple of years ago I feel like it might have been screened at Glastonbury, but I could be making that up. The video certainly on YouTube. It starts with him coming out of like a little outdoor playhouse, uh, <laughs> like a tiny little door, and he comes out in his arms. Sorry, I couldn't be there with you. Um, but here's the song. It's going to have the lyrics at the bottom. Hopefully, you can sing along. And then he goes back into his little house. <laughs> wow. Um, and then it plays this song. And it's great, and it kind of sums up uh, the problem with the world and the reason that all these songs had to be made, all these protest songs. Because if this song wasn't so true, then maybe everything would just be okay. All all right. All right. Uh, Cool. So, yeah, before Jarvis takes it away, we would just like to say thank you again for listening. Well, thank you for the first time, because I don't think I said it before. Um, but we appreciate it so much. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. See you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Peace. If you thought things had changed Friends, you better think again Bluntly put in the fewest of words Cunts are still running the world Cunts are still running the world Now the working classes are obsolete They are surplus to society's needs so let them all kill each other And get it made overseas That's the word, don't you know From the guys that's running the show Let's be perfectly clear